0: Hello and welcome back to the daily study of the way of mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, your guide and friend, and today is our 200th episode. Let's go! Woohoo! Ha! Ah, oh my gosh, and we're on lesson eight. What does that project out to? If there's 35 lessons, uh, what is that? F- about four. We're gonna have about 800 <laughs> episodes. Let's that this is commitment and consistency and accountability and discipline and love. Let's go. Today we continue with lesson 8 Dropping Pebbles into the Pool of Awareness, section 5 Creating Mastery, and we continue with paragraph 15. Where we actually ended with paragraph 14 where Jeshua is saying this your power to create And which side of the fence you are on? He says, this is all there is. Which side of the fence are you going to sit on and drop the pebbles from? Which tree will you eat the fruit thereof? The tree of knowledge of good and evil? That was our last paragraph. So we're getting into this idea of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, referencing the Bible and the Garden of Eden. So Jeshua continues, use that symbolism well. For when you drop the pebble in the pond, it is like saying, quote, Well, I think I will take a bite out of this piece of fruit. Oh, but it's so sweet. It's so good and so perfect. I'd better have a bite of a rotten one, too, to balance it out, end quote. The tree of good and evil, positive and negative, unlimitedness, limitation, forgiveness, judgment, love, fear, is like holding a beautiful flower and seeing the petals and saying, oh, it's so beautiful, I can't quite take it, so I think I'll prick my finger on the thorn and bring myself back down. So Jeshua is really describing what we can relate to. We all do it, I do it, you do it, we're in a body, we're doing it. This idea that it can't get too good, that with everything good comes the bad, with all the light comes the dark. I think it's a way that we manage our fear. That's a good way to say it. It's a way to manage our fear, that it can't all just be good. You have to have the bad to appreciate the good. It's a way to manage our fear. Because, and I'll just continue, Jeshua says in the next paragraph, no one ever told you and your creator, with a capital C, your creator never insisted that you eat of the tree of good and evil. For all good fruit in italics, for all good fruit has been given you freely. And you are always free to choose which fruit you will eat thereof. So Jesh was saying, no one said that you need to have the lack and limitation, the negative and judgment and fear. It's not a part of it. In the world of duality, yes, it is. When there's God and something else, when there's a power of God but a power of darkness or evil or Satan, when there's a—so many people are calling what's happening right now a spiritual warfare. If you are If you're believing and buying into the warfare, that there's powers of good battling powers of evil, but the good will win, but they still have to fight. You think Jeshua ever had to fight evil or darkness or whatever, negativity? No, he saw the illusion of it. He saw through it. He knew and knows and is inviting us that it's all good because it's all God. You can't have God and something else. So if something exists, it is of God Now, it might have a lower resonance or vibration. That doesn't make it bad. And because we are waves in the ocean of love, we are sovereign beings. We choose our experience. If we don't want to participate in the darkness or in the lower vibration, we don't have to. It is choice. Now, if we've forgotten that or we've given our power away, then we are, in a way, open to or welcoming these darker things, these lower vibratory things, these negative, limited, judgmental, fearful things. But Jeshua is showing us that we can make the choice. It's our choice. That's how powerful you are to make the choice to, for lack of a better word, rise above it all to, or to see through the lack of power in the false Because you're claiming, you're knowing truth, which is love, which is all good. Unlimitedness, forgiveness, love, expansion, creativity, service. It's allowed to be all good. And you choose. You choose. If you're like, well, that's unrealistic in the world, then you're going to experience that because that's how powerful you are. If you deem it, it is so. That's what Jeshua has been teaching us. This teaching is not of the world. So if you're trying to fit Jeshua's teaching into the world, it's not going to work. You're just going to experience the duality of the world and try and fit Jeshua's teaching into that. My kingdom is not of this world. You have to be willing to have the courage to be insane to the world, to be delusional of what the world thinks is sane right? This is what Jeshua is teaching us. Because to the world, loving and forgiving everyone in every situation is insane. How are you going to love the rapist? Look what they did. Look at all the suffering and the pain that they caused. How do you love that person, especially if they raped you? Again, I'm using extreme examples for a reason to really challenge, we have to challenge sometimes our beliefs of what we are so certain is the right way or is the way to think. Jeshua is inviting us to open to thinking as God thinks. And I'm gonna flip back to what he says, how God thinks, page 101 in my version, but we've marked it as paragraph 11 of section four. You think as God thinks, and God thinks lovingly, with no exceptions, not some of the time. God loves Hitler as much as God loves Gandhi. Why? Because God is Hitler and is Gandhi, not the personality, the soul essence. The ocean doesn't judge and and cast out one of its waves that is a part of the ocean. Because take away the name ocean and wave, it's the same thing. God thinks infinitely, timelessly, patiently, certainly, and above all. God thinks playfully, full of play. So Jeshua is using this idea of the tree of good and evil. No one says that – and we do this all the time. No one says you have to bite the bad, the, the, the tree of evil or, or lack or limitation or unworthiness to balance out the good. This is the quote from uh, Marianne Williamson. It's not our darkness that we're most afraid of. It's our light. Who am I to be so bright? Who am I to be like Jeshua? Who am I to claim that I am God? Not your personality, the soul of you, the heart of you, the essence of you. Not your thinking little small-minded brain. The soul of you that you know when you are still, be still and know I am God. You are the I am within you is God. And it can feel so weird to say that. And to feel it and to step into it. It feels like blasphemy because because we've been told, we've been programmed, we've been beaten into us that you are not like Joshua, even though he said you are like me. I'm talking more about traditional Christianity. Blasphemy. I am God in the midst of you. That means you are God. I and my father are one. That means I am God expressing itself as this thing that in this incarnation has been named Jason Amoroso, which in some ways I have created this name, Jason Amoroso, which translates to healer with loving. That's kind of cool. I've chosen that. That's kind of cool. I bring healing. I am healing with loving because as Jeshua says, only love heals. How fun is that? If, if my soul— The I am is creating this incarnation for myself and is like, oh, man, this incarnation, we're going to we're going to really wake up. We're going to love. We're going to find Jeshua's teachings, our brother. We're going to find our brother's teachings, and we are going to have the joy of remembering what we are, who we are as a child, as an aspect of God, the all that is expressed in this way. And we're going to want to just be bursting, overflowing to share this with others. Why? For the joy of it. I don't need to lack or hoard love and joy. Let's share it because it's so much fun to share it together. And what, let's, we have to have a name in this earth. So people have names in this incarnation. What's a fun name? Oh, man. Well, if we really embody only love heals and we want to we want to share that with others what's a name that in this world is you know a regular name so it's not doesn't seem too kooky or crazy but means healer with loving that only love heals okay uh, jason in greek means healer so let's call him jason and in the in the early 80s so many boys it was one of the most popular names so let's call him jason and let's put that thought into his parents minds and let's, uh, we need now the the loving part, uh, Amoroso, Healer with Loving, perfect name. All right, there we go. How much fun is that for me to think and open up to this idea that I did that? Because it's the nature of what I am, to share love, to to invite people into being loving and kind and creative and fun and joyful. That's what my life's about. So... Going back to Jeshua's message, (laughs) we do this. We take a bite of the goodness, of the good fruit, and then we're like, ooh, this is a little dangerous. This is too good to be true. So let me bite the rotten fruit. Let me bite some suffering. Let me bite uh, twisting my knee and having knee surgery. Let me bite uh, getting into a car accident that's going to cost me $10,000. Let me bite whatever it is. Let me bite my... The person that I really love, that I'm courting, that I want to spend the rest of my life with, they don't really want to spend the rest of their life with me. Let me create that suffering. Whatever it is, we we try to like balance it out. I think it's a way to manage our fear of how powerful we are and how loving it all is if we see it that way and receive it that way. You know, I want to share a story of an application of this that's like so simple. So uh, one of my sons is a huge Golden State Warriors fan, big Steph Curry fan. We watch all the games. They won the NBA title last year. It was an awesome experience. And his one of his friends, our neighbor, is also a Golden State Warriors fan, big Steph Curry fan, and he loves the Warriors too. And this year the Warriors have had some challenges – um, but the playoffs are starting and they're in the playoffs and they're healthy and they have a chance to win the title again. It's going to be a tougher road for them. And my son's all like, we're doing it again, back to back. And his friend is like, nah, we're going to lose in the first round to the Sacramento Kings. We're just not as good this year. and nah, we're going to lose. And my son's getting frustrated. He's talking to me. He's like, M- you know, my friend, he's supposed to be a Warriors fan. He thinks we're going to lose. What the heck? And he's getting all kind of upset about it. I'm like, well... Your friend, and I'm not using names, but your friend, he's managing his disappointment. He doesn't want to give himself that much excitement about what's possible because if they lose, it'll be heartbreaking for him. And he's an emotional kid to begin with. You know, he's a sensitive kid. So instead of getting my expectations up and then if they lose, I feel awful and heartbroken and disappointed, I'm just going to from the beginning say, ah, it's probably not going to work out. They're going to lose. And my son kind of understood that. He still is totally positive and thinks the war is going to win the whole thing, which they might. But so where do we do this in our own life where we try to manage expectations or the feelings of sadness or disappointment? Where do you do that? Where you're like, oh, it's gotten so good, but let me just prepare and get ready for the bad or the things that I don't want, because that's what the world tells me to do. Manage my disappointment. Who do you know that lives like that? We all know someone who lives like that if we don't, and we do it on some level, I think. And it might be, hey, look at the presidential election coming up. A lot of people are doing, you know, do it there. So it's just another way to apply it in our own life. And look at your own life. Okay, this is the time where you pause the recording. Look at the tendencies that you might have When it starts to get good, that feeling of, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? Or it's so good, but I got to prepare for the bad. It's coming. We know it's coming because everyone says it's coming because this is the way the world thinks. Notice where you do that and see if you have the courage, because where there is fear, we have courage in our heart to to stay open to maybe experiencing a different way, a different pebble in the pool. Jeshua says, no one ever told you. Your creator never insisted that you eat of the tree of good and evil. For all good fruit's been given to you freely. And you are always, not sometimes, not when it's convenient, you are always free to choose which fruit you will eat thereof. You don't have to eat the shit fruit. (laughs) You don't have to eat the rotten fruit. And then he continues, I and my father are one. What a blessed creation I have been having so much fun as this wave. Yes, I see what I've carried along with me. Well, it was fun. I gained a few things. Now, what's next? Unlimitedness, kerplunk. That's the sound of the pebble being dropped into the infinite field of creation where all things are possible. Unlimitedness, kerplunk. Perfect love, kerplunk. Wealth, kerplunk. The ability to heal, kerplunk, kerplunk, kerplunk. Oh, yes, I see that little pebble over there sitting on the shore that I've picked up a million times called unworthiness. Kerplunk, but no more. Be done with you. I and my father are one. I and my father are one. Father, create through me the good, the holy, and the beautiful, for this is the reason for my being. How big of a wave can I become? How powerful can I become? How radiant can I become? How much of you can I express through me? Kerplunk, 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 kerplunk. Jeshua is having fun with us. This is a fun prayer that he is sharing with us. I and my father are one. Have you made five minutes for yourself? I think we talked about this in the last episode to sit and feel that. And imagine what Jeshua feels like, what Jesus feels like when he sits and says this and really just feels it. Imagine it. And then you're feeling it. What does he feel like when he says that? I am my creator. I and my mother, father, God. I and my source. I and the universe are one. What does he feel like when he says that? Feel it. Feels freaking good. Feels so good. What a blessed creation. I've been having so much fun as this wave that I am. Thank you for creating me that I may just have fun experiencing this life. Not this, just this human life, but life. And I see what I've carried along with me and it's been fun. I carried some pebbles of limitation and lack. Okay, cool, I did that. I created that, that's how powerful I am. Now what's next? I created this experience of an amazing three months in a relationship. I'm just using, making up an example, three months of bliss and joy, and then it kind of fell apart and, you know, we chose not to be together anymore, or he left me or she left me, even without saying a word, no goodbye, she ghosted me, he ghosted me. Oh, how sorry, poor me, I'm unworthy, what's wrong with me? You could tell those stories and drop those pebbles, or you could simply say, what a joy, this is over, what's next? You don't have to believe everything you think. Oh, I'm unworthy. Why'd this happen to me? This is the power of Byron Katie's work. Is that true? How do I know it's true? How do I feel when I believe that thought, when I'm believing that pebble I'm dropping in? Ooh, it feels crappy. It feels so suffering and unworthy. Who would I be without that thought? Free. What's next? What other pebbles do I want to drop in? Unlimitedness. Kerplunk. Perfect love. Kerplunk. Wealth. Kerplunk. How do you feel when he says wealth? What stories, what other little pebbles have you been dropping in that's like, oh, no, come on. You can't be spiritual. You can't be Jesus and be wealthy. He wasn't wealthy. He was the son of a carpenter. He was poor. He didn't really have any money. It wasn't his goal in life to collect wealth and gold coins, yada, yada, yada. Yes, I yada, yada, yada you on the podcast. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld reruns. But the point is, yes. Wealth, why not? If you have thoughts of limitation and lack, you're gonna see them when he says wealth. You're gonna feel them in your body. Something's gonna tighten up or you're gonna say, no, 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 no. And he's saying wealth, kerplunk, why not? The ability to heal, kerplunk. Oh, that I see that little pebble over there that I've picked up a million times, unworthiness. Kerplunk, but no more, be done with you this is what I love about Jeshua. He's he's relating to us, but also sharing that he's done this too. That's how I interpret it. He's like, I'm no different than you. I went through the same process. We don't know his other, the incarnations that he's had. We don't know his, his real history. And we can ask him if we choose because we can communicate with him. But my interpretation is, he relates. I've picked up that that little stone, that little pebble of unworthiness, and I've dropped it a million times, but no more. I'm done with it. And that's why we're like, "Oh, I, I've done that. I might be doing that right now in a part of my life." When I look in the mirror at myself naked, how do I feel? How do you feel when you look? Be honest. Do you even maybe you even avoid looking at yourself in the mirror, full body naked? Your belly or your hips or your butt or your chest? or your chin or chins, how do you feel? Do you love what you see? Do you love yourself? Not yourself, the small self, personality, body identification, but the soul self of you that is taking this form that you chose. You chose your parents. You chose your race. You chose your culture in this incarnation. You chose it all for the joy of it, for the healing of it, for the expansion of it. What what pebbles are you dropping when you see yourself naked in the mirror? I got to be honest. Mine, sometimes good, sometimes not good. A lot of judgment there. I should look better. I should have a flatter stomach. I should shave. I should look younger. I, whatever. I shouldn't be bald. Whatever it is be honest. And there's other times I love myself. I look in the mirror and I am in awe of the beauty of my light. And I smile. And there's other times I look in the mirror like, oh, my God, you look awful. (laughs) Let's drop more pebbles of love and appreciation and acceptance and he says, I and my Father are one. Create through me the good, the holy, and the beautiful. I'm an instrument. Use me, God. You made me. I'm going to I'm gonna let you use me. Because we're the ones that get in the way. This is the reason of my being, to extend and express the good, the holy, and the beautiful through and as me. And we don't have to always question, well, is this good enough? Is this what God would want? Just set the intention and then just trust that whatever you're expressing, whatever words you're saying or thoughts pop into your head— are enough. They're good. They're holy. They're beautiful. And of course, if you notice something that's popping in that's limited, lack, fearful, biting, sarcastic, critical, just notice it. Forgive yourself. Set the intention again to extend the good, the holy, and the beautiful through your voice, through your actions, through your words, through just listening, through a smile, through kind eyes, and then just let it be enough. How big of a wave can I become? And he's not talking necessarily about fame. About having 10 million followers on your social media or being having high status in your community. But the wave of your love of your heart, not that any of those things are wrong, by the way, there's nothing wrong with having 10 million followers. If that's what your heart is desiring from a place of, oh, you know, being of service. Fine. But if it's from a place of ego or lack or scarcity, you're creating that experience, too. But how big of a wave can I become? How bright can I shine my light in the face of what my brain is saying, this person is rude, or this person's in my way, or they're not cooperating? How can I shine my light and be the biggest wave of love with that person? How powerful can I become? And of course, what is my relationship with power? What are the pebbles I'm dropping around power? Some people are like, well, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So I don't want to be powerful. Look at all the people in our world today that are abusing their power. Look at the Dalai Lama, the most, one of the most powerful spiritual leaders right now on the planet asking a little kid to suck on his tongue. Look what power does to people, even the spiritual people. I don't want to be like that. Right? Pebble, 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 kerplunk, kerplunk, kerplunk. What is your relationship with power? What pebbles, what beliefs and thoughts are you holding around power? How radiant can I become? Because with great power comes great responsibility. You can do amazing things with power. You can express and create amazing things with power. How radiant can I become? How much light can I shine? Start with a smile. That would be a fun challenge. How many smiles to strangers can you give in a week? Count them, see if you can get to 100. Oh my God, I might actually have to get outside. I might have to go to a a mall or a park or somewhere where there's gonna be a lot of people to get 100 in for a week, but try it. Wouldn't that be a fun challenge? Some people are like, I don't like these games, I don't like these challenges. I think that would be fun. It would stretch your comfort zone and it would be something cool. Can you get 100 smiles to strangers in a week, Woo. and how would that feel? Probably awkward at first for some people, and then, surprise, surprise, maybe it starts to feel really good. How much of you, God, capital Y, you, can I express through me, Jeshua says. Kerplunk, this is why I exist, to be what I am. So this is a great place to stop. Jeshua is having fun with us. He's really inviting us to see that we get to choose the pebbles and we don't have to choose the thorns. We don't have to choose the rotten fruit. We don't have to balance it out. You have been given the good fruit freely and it is your power to choose which you want to experience. And it's okay if all you want is the good. It's okay if all you want is the good. Now that doesn't mean you control the things that happen in your life, but you absolutely control your experience, your perception, how you view things, the meanings you give it. If you are so committed to seeing the God, the good, the miracles and the gifts in any, in all of life, then it doesn't matter what happens out there seemingly to you or to others. You have committed and chosen to drop pebbles of love and grace and gifts and miracles. I do not know what this thing is or is for. So let me let it be revealed to me, the God in this situation. What a beautiful message. And Jeshua having fun with us, meeting us where we're at. Apply this in your own life. Look at your own life and become more empowered through these teachings. I love you guys. Have an amazing day. Thanks for being a part of this journey together in community. If you get value from this podcast, uh, like, subscribe, share with someone that you think would also get value from these messages, from these teachings of Jeshua. Give us a good review if you can, wherever you're listening, and send me an email, hello at revelationbreathwork.com. Just let me know you're listening. It's awesome to meet you guys. And if you want to get more information or be considered for the Living the Way of Mastery year-long program, coaching program, where we're going to apply this stuff as a small group of eight people, each lesson a different, each month a different lesson. So we're going to do the first 12 lessons of the Way of Mastery, which is the Way of the Heart. And each month, we're going to dive deep and apply and discuss how we're doing with these concepts and living them in our life every month, a couple times a month. It's going to be awesome. All right. I love you. Have an awesome day. We'll see you tomorrow.